Hi, sisters and brothers. Welcome to Sisters in Zion. I am Kirsten Kirschbaum here with my best friend, Danielle. Hello, everybody. We're so grateful to be here with you. It's such an interesting time. We are, for me, I'm in a big time transition. I'm actually traveling for the next two months. So if my voice sounds different, I am coming to you uh, live from my sister's bedroom floor, from my phone, <laughs> like huddled next to a plug in the wall so my phone doesn't die. And it's a very, um, for me, ungrounded time. It's the summertime now and everything in my life. I've, I've designed it this way, but I'm now traveling for two months and really having to adapt uh, and change and roll with the punches. And oh my goodness, there are punches that um, really happen every day. You know, it's such an interesting time. Um, this Boys morning, punching um, each other. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Boys yes. punching oh, yeah, each literally. other. Yeah. There's been punching and scratching and uh, arguing. Yeah, totally. Um, that's so funny and very true. Um, this morning after church, we came home and we tried to do a quick little review and lesson of Come Follow Me, you know, with, with a family of five small boys. It's, it's quite difficult, but we just do our best. And I know that's all the Lord expects us to do. And we watched a video from Elder uh, Christofferson. He does the video of the current bush. And there's a, I don't know if you guys have, have watched this one yet, but it's so good. And it's actually a story that I was um, told about eight years ago. There's a story of a man who purchases a large farm and a ranch and, you know, he's out on his land and he's preparing the land to, you know, to become more beautiful and to become more efficient and to produce fruit and flowers and animals and, you know, all the things. And so one day the farmer goes out onto his land and there's a currant bush. And if you don't even, I don't even know what a currant is. A currant actually is a fruit. Okay. So he goes out and he notices that this currant bush is, is huge and it's got flowers and it, it's, quite nice looking, but it's not producing current fruit as it should. And so the, the farmer prunes the current bush, like down to the stubs. It's really, he takes it from this big, beautiful bush down to like these little tiny stubs. And he notices on the end of each of these stubs, there's little like tears, basically it's little droplets of liquid. And, and he had this moment with the spirit that basically he felt the energy of this bush that was saying like, why did you do this to me? You, you cut me down. Like I was this big, beautiful bush that had flowers and leaves. And I, now I'm just this ugly stub of a bush. And, and the farmer said to the bush, like in his mind, he had this real conversation with this bush. And he said, well, I know what you're meant to be. And I needed to prune you down so that you could grow into producing current fruit and becoming like the fullest potential that I know you have. And so fast forward years later, this man who, and I don't remember his name, I'm not the best at remembering, but I believe it's like an apostle. Anyway, Elder Christofferson is the one telling the story, but he tells the story, you know, continues on and the man was in the military and he was actually up to become the general of this department in the military that he was in. He'd worked his whole life to become this general. 
And he was actually demoted at the time. So he went in to get, you know, expecting to become a general and he was demoted. And it was actually because he was a member of the church. And I guess back then that was acceptable. I don't know. I mean, you never know. Satan is everywhere, right? And so he was demoted and not given the position of the general. And he was so distraught, as you can imagine. You know, it's easy for me to tell this story and be like, oh yeah, and he didn't get the general position. But like, put yourself in the shoes. Like, have you ever just wanted something so bad and felt like you had worked your entire life with the belief and the energy and everything that you were going to get this? And he didn't get it. And he was so upset and he felt like he was cut down. And, and then of course, the Lord, the spirit reminds him of this conversation that he had had with this current bush in his mind all these years before. And the Lord said to him, I'm cutting you down because you are not meant to be a general in the army. You're meant to be something greater. And from that time forward, he, you know, received callings in the church and, and then later became a, a member, I don't, a general authority, if not an apostle. And I, this story came to me the first time it came to me about eight years ago. And I've shared this on our pod before, but I was living, um, my husband and I had been married for about, um, 10 years, I would say. And we had a successful business. We were, we had purchased our dream home. I was pregnant with our third baby, um, you know, doing well financially and in the church and in our businesses and just living our best life, you know, just like we always try to do we're serving in our callings and everything. And one day, um, our entire life was turned upside down. We lost our entire business, um, pregnant with our third kid, lost our insurance, lost all of our money, lost our ability to pay for gas and food and diapers and everything. Like we had nothing. And it was a very difficult time. I mean, for me to even talk about it now without bursting into tears is just, it's a miracle. I mean, it was just, I was angry. I was depressed. I was frustrated. I had no idea what we were going to do. And this story um, came to me. It was, a, it was a story, I think someone shared it in general conference. And it hit me so hard that the Lord had cut me down. And even though there was nothing necessarily wrong with, you know, what I had been trying to do, the, the fruit that I had been trying to produce, like as a child of God, it was not my fullest potential. It was not the path that the Lord had intended for me. and so. He cut us down. He cut Kyle and I both down and he set us on a different path. And, you know, yesterday I was, I'm at my mom's home, the home of my childhood. And so there's all these pictures on the wall. And each year as I bring a new picture um, of my children or, of, you know, we take a family picture or, you know, I have a, you know, the children turn eight or nine or 10, you know, I give them a new picture to, to their grandmother, to my mom. And I love um, taking the pictures out of their frames and going through and laying all the pictures out um, on the table. And so, you know, we have a family picture that we've taken every year for the last 14 years. And I was going through the family picture and there is one picture in particular that is for me, it's, it's kind of like my before and after it's the picture before when I was a different flower and then there was the picture when I was cut down and I looked at that picture and I looked at my mom and I said, you know what, that one right there, that picture right there is, that was right before I was cut down. That was right before I was pruned back so 
just extremely, you know, and I look at myself from that time forward, what I knew, it was almost like my eyes had been opened. It's like I ate the forbidden fruit or something. It was like, I could tell in my eyes, the knowledge. And from that point forward, what I had gained and who I had become and, and, you know, and I think we're always becoming, right. We're always, you know, changing and becoming and, and, but that was my point. And from that time forward, I had become a different person. I had been on a different path. And so fast forward to now, and I'm looking back on coming up on almost a decade since that happened. And I think, you know, you can look at periods of time in years or in weeks or, you know, but but when you look at a period of time in, in terms of a decade, like I, I'm looking at the last decade of where I've come and how I've changed and what the Lord has done for me and through me. And now I'm at my mom's home and I'm going to transition it to. So, so then I heard this story again today and I was reminded of like this, hearing this story like eight years ago. And I'm like, wow, I would say now that I am producing the current fruit that God intended me to produce and what an amazing feeling. But does that mean that I'm always sure about the fruit that I'm producing? I don't know. And, and today in Relief Society, in my old ward, in my home ward, the ward that I grew up in, the teacher was um, her current calling. I've known this woman my whole life. Her current calling is Relief Society. But when I was in the ward, her calling was my Laurel teacher. And so at that age where I was becoming like, you know, moving into like the next decade, right. Of like my twenties, I was, I was becoming like an adult. This woman was teaching me from the spirit. She was, she is such an amazing teacher. She studies the gospel so much and she was teaching me then. And so now to come almost 20 years, two decades since I was in this ward, she's teaching me again. And it was like, it was such a full circle experience to be reminded of the spirit that witnessed to me 20 years ago from her and now to, to hear her voice and to hear her experiences and to feel the same spirit and to have that spirit witness to me again, that the path of the gospel of Jesus Christ is true, that it is unchanging, that it is a it is where I want to be. It is who I want to be. And to have this, this new lesson, like, you know, from that story of the current bush, like anchor me back into who I am and to listen to the gospel being taught again and again and again, and just appreciating so much the Lord and, and the patience that he takes me on and also like there's so what you know when the spirit is teaching you you guys like it's so robust it's so there's so many layers because another part of this story is this morning um you know we're, we're kind of we're traveling right now i don't feel grounded like i talked about i i don't feel grounded we we accidentally left my 12 year old suitcase in las vegas and my five-year-old can't find his shoes and um, you know, just all the things like it was so crazy. We missed the sacrament this morning and I really don't like missing the sacrament. In fact, it's my third week in the row of missing the sacrament. Last week, my baby was sick. And the week before that, I was out of town. Like, so I'm going on three weeks of not taking the sacrament. And so you better believe 
this morning Satan was right there. Just, oh yeah, well, you missed the sacrament again. Like, nah, nah, nah. you probably shouldn't go. And you know, all these like feelings and judgments. I was like, no, we're going, we're going. And I made it there. And I got to be taught by my Laurel teacher from when I was 16, 17 years old. And um, the Lord loves us so much. I feel like I'm in his arms and he's just like, Hey, I still got you. <laughs> I still got you. Remember all those times I've taught you the truth. Remember all those times where sometimes it was so strong and other times it was just so slight and he's still there. And he's still there for you. He's still there for you, Danielle. He's still there for each of us who is listening. He's still there. And I, I wanted to share one more thing. I feel like the Lord will take any situation. It doesn't matter how bad, how ugly, how messy. And the second, like the millisecond that we just decide, I'm going to bring the Lord into this. We just turn right back to him. And he makes it better. He takes all the judgment, all the criticism, all the belief, all the garbage. And it's just like, we just choose to bring the Lord into any situation, even if it's super ugly. And I'm not even saying that your particular situation isn't super ugly and distressful and hard and all those things, but bringing the Lord into it and like listening and asking for more light can just make it so much better and and everything is for our good i'm feeling so filled with the spirit like of all of these truths right now i hope it's coming through for you guys of like yeah the process and the journey right beautiful story thank you for sharing i love hearing you know just having it's like like we talked before the context of all these things you go through and you really you the hindsight and that's where faith comes in right through all of those two decades that you just chatted about with us, right? How would you, I know I'm not crazy. Um, how would you have known what you know now without hindsight? And during that time, it was just barely making it faith, you know, bringing him in kind of thinking, I know he's there. I think he's there anyway. You know, it's just like, it's really that, that, that belief and that faith that kept you going. And a couple things, you know, you, you had said, you know, to the, the, the woman that he wanted you to become. And I would even kind of reframe that. And it's really the woman you wanted to become. It's really the life that you wanted. And he wants to help you get there. Cause I really, he doesn't do anything that's outside of our own agency. He can't. And if he knows a better path for us, it's path for us. It's only because we've told him we wanted him to tell us about a better path, whether that was in the preexistence or somehow in a prayer when we were five years old, he cannot um, go against our agency. And so when he is pruning us, he's only doing what we've asked him. We've allowed him to do. I think that's so interesting concept. I love how you shared that. Such a good experience. I feel like that's a new concept. I think for me, like a lot of the listeners, I, I would actually say that a lot of people uh, within the church and maybe even out of the church don't understand that. Like where, where do you feel, when is the first time you began to understand that concept? I'd like to explore that a little bit more because it feels light to me. Like when you talk about it, I'm like, yeah, 
I do. I feel in control of my life. I, I love how you bring in agency with it. Like Heavenly Father always talks about agency, but how do you reconcile the kind of the teaching of aligning our will with God's will? And like, is that kind of why we're here on this earth to align our will with God's will? And how does that relate to what you're talking about, how it is our will also? Yeah. Well, we can't do anything. Well, he can't do anything against our will. And so our ultimate, like when we go into, I mean, again, I'm, I feel like I'm being kind of put on the spot with like being a preacher on this subject. And I don't know, I'm in my own journey of learning. So I'll give you my best, um, like example, yeah, just your experience. Yeah. So with, I'll, I'll just, you know, the only thing I can think of to share at the moment is like with wanting to be having a really good marriage, right? Wanting to be married and have a good marriage. And so that is my ultimate desire, right? And so my, that's my, my hope. That's what I've always desired. And I also want to become the woman that he would have me become, of course, but which is a woman of woman of God, a covenant daughter of God and um, being able to serve him and do all of these things. And so for me to say, um, I think what we get mixed up on, I guess I'm kind of hesitating because I'm trying to understand how to best explain it. But I think we get mixed up on is that we, a lot of times culturally, and I think this is something Satan has done is we put God in a dictator role. Oh, like even in Spanish, like they say, Oh, see si Dios quiere, if God, God wants, if God wants, you know, and it's like, it, it, God's not a dictator at all. He wants us to come down and choose um, good from bad, but we have the light of Christ in us. We have a conscience that is literally illuminated by him suggesting what would be for our better path to make us happy, right? So that's going to be, hey, you're going to feel good if you don't hit this dog in the street. There's just a blatant, obvious one, right? <laughs> You're going to feel good. I'm just going to, it's just between right and wrong. That's the light of Christ, right? The, that conscious of what feels good because your body physically will respond when you go and help this puppy that is in the road, you know, get a, a, on the other side, your brain actually fire, fires these reward pathways. And so literally he created it that way. So that's just breaking it down to like the very first It's just like, Hey, he's going to illuminate what's going to feel good and what's going to not. And then we have a choice, whichever one we're going to do. But then when it comes to a whole nother level of like, what do you hope for? What do you want to do in life? What do you, do you want to do this job? Or do you want to do this career? Or do you want to be able to come, you know, a woman, woman, woman of God. And I, I think there are conversations that from the preexistence, we don't remember that we sat down with the father and he's like, what do you want out of this mortal existence? You're like, well, I would love to learn to skateboard. And I'm just kidding. But some, you know, we give him this list of stuff. Like I, this looks like exciting. I've watched my ancestors do this. I, I would really love this, but I most of all want to become like my mother in heaven. Like, how can I be like her? What she has, I want. And so I, I'm going to ask you, you know, I'm just imagining this preexistence that we're saying, I'm going to ask you to please guide me to be, I want the the ability, like maybe it's to sing, which I did not get. So apparently I didn't ask for that one, but maybe it's the ability. I want to be able to have the voice like she does, or maybe it's the wisdom 
that she has or the charities. Maybe there was something in particular and he goes like, okay, I will guide you to that goal because that's what you're choosing. That seems, you know, to really resonate with you. That's something you want to learn in this mortal existence. And again, learning happens even after mortality, but I'm just imagining that we then come down here and get to make little decisions. And he's like, yeah, that, you know, he doesn't command us in all things at all, of course, but he's going to guide us in decisions that will help our ultimate goal. So back to when I was talking about marriage, I have had the opportunity to get married. I have been asked, I have been engaged, but it wasn't the right path. It wasn't the right timing for me. So if my goal was just, Hey, I just want to be married, then sure. I could have had that. But he's like, he said, Danielle, you wanted to be in an eternal marriage. And I, that is, that's a goal I've wanted, you know, for many years, an eternal marriage with a companion that is going to be by your side and, um, love you and, and help you in this goal to become like your heavenly mother. So I'm going to guide you to fulfill that. And if I, if you, if I didn't want to listen to him, I wouldn't have to, I could have, you know, been married and been in a, um, in maybe a difficult situation or at a time timing married in a time in a difficult timing of the situation. Anyway. So point being is, yeah, he wants to guide us within our, we choose our agency chooses to listen to him, which is still the, ultimately these path that we wanted to experience in the first place. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think this is a really good example. So what you're saying is like, so maybe like the, the old way of thinking or like a different cultural way of thinking is God has not blessed me with a marriage and a family yet. Like that's like, I haven't received it from God yet. When what you're saying is God knows what my ultimate truest potential and desire is like more than I know it. I don't even remember it. He created me. He knows, he knows me better than I know myself. He knows my future children, my future husband. He knows the entire beginning from the end. So that hasn't happened because I'm still in the process of becoming and choosing and being in the places and in the situations that will be for my highest and best learning and good. Absolutely. When we, when we align our agency with his suggestions, his promptings, right? From this is Christ, the light of Christ and the Holy Ghost from those promptings. And we align with commandments, right? Our agency says, yeah, I don't want to disobey the Sabbath or whatever it is, you know, just um, using a simple one. But when we align our agency with that, then we can be and choose to be guided when he's like, yeah, I know your ultimate desire is this type, is this way of a marriage, not just marriage. Marriage isn't just the goal. I could have had that. It's not just that. It's something greater. It's this yeah. like becoming like our heavenly mother is what I imagine yeah. uh, wanting. I think of it too. Like one thing, one thing that I've always felt really confused about actually um, I've had, three miscarriages. And I remember the first time I ever got pregnant, um, Kyle and I, when we first got married, we actually only knew each other for five months. Like to like, and then we were married, like we met and five months later we were married and it was so, so right. And we were totally in love and we knew each other were right. But to be honest, we didn't know each other very well. Like I fully had this belief that 
I needed to be at least with someone like for at least a year. Like I wanted to experience, I had this thought in my head. It just came to me, but just, I needed to experience all of the seasons with someone, you know, like, well, what if I don't know what he's like at Christmas time? Well, what if I don't know what he's like on my birthday? Like, you know, so I just had this in my head. And when I met Kyle, all of those things went out the window. I married him like within two weeks. He's like, I love you. I want you to be my wife. And I'm like, I could feel like spiritually more than anything else, more than mentally, more than physically, even I was spiritually like being pushed in this direction. Like, do not stop. Do not look back. Like, keep going. This is your man. This is your future, you know? And so we decided we were going to wait a couple of years to, um, to start having children. I mean, we felt like that was pretty reasonable. Like we just met, you know? So then, uh, let's see, March, April, May, June, July, five months later, five months after that, we went to our friend's uh, ceiling, temple ceiling in Salt Lake City, and we were both sitting in the ceiling room after only been married five months. So again, we hadn't even known each other for a year yet, and the spirit was telling us, it's time for you to get pregnant. It's time for you to start creating children. Like, let's do this, you know, <laughs> chop, chop. <laughs> and we're like, holy crap. And we both came out of the ceiling, not even wanting to like say to the other person like I mean we're both like it was like a complete download and we're just looking at each other like oh my gosh like was that for real so we finally you're like don't touch me (laughs) yeah yeah well I'm looking at him and I'm like did you hear that and he looks at me and he's like totally like that was that was weird like you know so we both knew it wasn't weird because it was from the spirit and it was amazing right so we get pregnant like right away and we're so excited and we tell everyone and, you know, it's going to be so amazing. We totally know it's the right thing. And we go to our first doctor's appointment and there, they do the ultrasound and there's no heartbeat. There's a, there's a little tiny little mass there, but there's no heartbeat. And I mean, that was just like the most shocking thing. I'm like, what, how could you, how could you have told me to do this? I, I don't ever, I didn't make that up. Like I didn't, you know, and it was just so bizarre. And I still, honestly, it's one of the things in my life that I don't have a clear cut answer for. Uh, you know what I mean? I really don't know exactly. Like, so I ended up, it was a terrible experience. I ended up having to have surgery and, you know, I, I did end up waiting another two years. Actually, we didn't end up trying again for another two years. It was such a horrific experience for me. I was terrible. I was terrified. I had no idea. Could I have children? Could I not have children? Anyway, so we do end up waiting two years, but we, and now we, and you know, that we had a baby, but then we had another miscarriage after that. I had a miscarriage, a baby, a miscarriage, a baby, a miscarriage, a baby. And, you know, during that process, every single time was just horrific and just, you know, terrible experience. So I share that because I, I look at that and I'm like, well, the Lord inspired me that, you know, all of those times to like, to try to have a baby. So like, I don't fully understand other than whatever it needed to be for my character, for my emotional state, for my physical state. Like I don't fully understand all of those reasons, but I think what we're trying to say here, and I'm trying to bring this back home. It wasn't God giving me a miscarriage, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't God going, okay, you get this one. You don't get this one. You get, you like, it was like God knowing all that I needed to go through, all that I needed to become, to become a mother, to, you know, to draw closer to him and all of those situations. Um, and it was for my highest and best good. If, if for nothing else that I can now talk about it, right? Like for others and to try to give 
compassion um, and understanding to others who are in, you know, a similar situation or even a worse situation. Right. Um, but, but all those years, I really didn't understand it. And I think, you know, some people might say, oh, well, God gave you that. That was a test for you. Like, was that a test for me? Or did I choose that test? Like, I don't know. Sometimes I still don't really know all the answers. Well, I don't think you're expected to know all the answers, but there's probably multiple um, things you can learn from it. I don't uh-huh. think that, I mean, there's so many learning opportunities that we have in this life. And so I bet you, you'll have even more hindsight and understanding one day, but even the fact that he knows what your body is going to go through. And so he's like, Hey, let's kind of get this moving because your body doesn't, it, it's got some things it's got to go through to even form the first child in two years, you know? So, I mean, just, just a suggestion of other right. ideas of, around it. Yeah. And it always comes back to faith. Right. And I think it all, it always also, like I said in the beginning, it comes back to choosing to turn it back to God. Like I look, I feel like heavenly father is always just looking at us. Like, I just want to give you a treat. Like, that's how I feel with my kids. Like, I just want to give you guys treats. Do you guys want some candy? Do you guys want this? Do you, you know, like, I, do you want to do a birthday party at a pool with a water slide? Like, let's think of like the funnest, most amazing experience I could give you. And God knows us better than we even know our own children and we know ourselves. And I do believe, and I have that as a belief that Heavenly Father always wants to give me a treat, right? And, and even the treat can be, and, and as weird as it sounds, a miscarriage. Like it, it's like he wants me to experience the fullness and the richness of this existence, of this mortal existence, so that I can become more like my Savior, Jesus Christ. I can turn to him so that I can become more like our Heavenly Mother, which is such a beautiful imagery. Oh my goodness. I feel like I, I still have so much to learn. I I don't know. I feel like I'm in this big time. Do you guys feel like we're all changing a lot right now? Like I feel like in a year from now, you guys might not even know who I am. Like I might not even know, like I will know because I'm always going to be me, but I really do feel this major transition happening with everyone. Like it, it is like this requirement of up-leveling in spirituality, in personal responsibility, in emotional clearing, in faith, in turning everything to the Lord quickly, like more quickly. Um, it's a practice. Actually, I, maybe I'll share my other experience. I told you about this one a couple of days ago, unless you have something else you want to say. Well, I was just thinking because the pod, maybe we can um, share it on the next podcast. I think that's a really good one. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm like, how long have I even been talking? (laughs) (laughs) No, that's all great. I was just thinking, um, yeah, as we're wrapping up and you were in the very beginning, kind of bringing it back around just the, the faith during the trials or during the miss or non, not being able to understand, just keeping that faith is really the key is really the lesson because at some point you will have hindsight and maybe even in 10 years you'll have a hindsight, but then in 20, you're going to have more hindsight more. It's just like, it's going to be keep being expanded upon you because those lessons are going to keep, you know, being brought upon you. And I wanted to bring back around one thing you said in the beginning was how no matter what we're going through, he's there and he loves us. And today in church, um, the person who was speaking was talking about Savior's last days on, um, on earth with the disciples and with the, with the apostles and that he, 
after, you know, before doing the sacrament and, or after doing the sacrament, um, sorry, I'm not sure of the procession, but they had been walking and he offered to wash each of their feet. And he made a, he made a point that I hadn't really conceptualized before is he even washed Judas's feet. Someone that he knew in several hours was going to completely betray him, but he loved him. He was still there and loved him. So no matter what we've done in betrayal to the Lord or, or not understanding what we did um, or what we're doing or how, what we're going through, he still is there to wash our feet just as he did Judas's. I just, that really, really hit me how much he yeah. loved us. That's beautiful. I think, as you mentioned, um, just in finishing up, you know, in, in hindsight, like in 10 years or 20 years, I feel like there are so many layers, but, but there's, but there's one truth. And that is that he is there, that his gospel is true. And that our purpose for being here, like when you can, I feel like lately I've been able to sink into the purpose of this life more. And I notice when I get distracted with like, you know, lots of things, lots of good things that I believe are inspired that I do have these desires to be this person on this earth, to serve these different people on the earth. And when I can anchor and sink back into though, like who I am and because I believe Satan's right there. He's right there. He knows exactly who I want to be. And he knows, ex Satan knows exactly who I want to become and exactly how to distract me into an alternate version of that self, of an egotistical version of that woman. And I am sometimes drawn to that egotistical version of myself. And I'm drawn to that, that false sense of power and and I think the Lord knows that too. It's, it's okay. It's part of growing and becoming, right? But like, if I could just challenge each of you listening to take a moment and ask the spirit to be with you so that you can refocus and realign with your truest desire and ask the Lord, what is that desire that I had before I came to this earth? Who is that person? What do I really, really want? And it's funny because as I've been talking about this, I, I do have new desires for my life. I do have new directions I want to go. And I have so much fear and, oh no, I don't know if I'm supposed to be that person. You guys ever feel like that? Well, I don't know if I'm supposed to be that person. And like the spirit just came right back to me. He's like, do you want to be her? And I'm like, yes, I do. I do want to be here. Okay. Then be her and don't let Satan distract you from her. That is what the Lord desires for you is to help you become exactly who you know you are meant to be. And there's so much truth and power there. So I'm excited for everyone listening just to continue on. You guys, a lot of us are just right in the middle of becoming, right? We're not there yet. So we're going to keep going. And I invite you to remember to bring the Lord on that journey with you a lot more maybe than you have been uh, up to this point. He's excited for your success and for your progress. And we are too. So thank you for sharing this. Um, we love so much to see the podcast being shared with different people who are at this place. So if you know someone who is at this place in their life where there's a lot of transition and uncertainty and change happening, please feel free to share this with them. And of course, give our love to them as well. Thank you guys for listening. Bye-bye.